With 80 plus episodes in the vault and more than $3 million in total compensation increases received by The Secrets Village, KP and PR are still dropping jewels. Secrets continues to validate that you are not crazy with the challenges faced in trying to reach and exceed your career aspirations. A listener describes Secrets as helping to pinpoint areas I need to develop and conversations I never knew I needed to hear. And season five will definitely not disappoint as they continue to deliver secrets on how to advocate for yourself, how to become a better ally, and how to increase your market value by building generational wealth. Your hosts, Keith Powell and Ricky Robinson, have paid their dues to reach the top of corporate America, and they want to share their stories with you to transform your journey. And this groundbreaking podcast challenges you, as well as corporate America, to be better and do better. KP and PR will bring you more tips and tricks on how to advance your career. So fill up those cups and welcome to season five. Hey everybody, welcome to Secrets and you are in the mix here because we are going to have another outstanding episode today. But KP, I just been over here thinking, man, I'm a little uneasy right now because these 2022 election results are still kind of in the balance a little bit. So I'm over here with my third eye on, just looking back over here, talking about, did we get the results yet? Did we get the results yet, KP? What's on your mind? How are you feeling about that? Oh, yeah. It's definitely at the top of my brain. <laughs> and, you know, and for the first time in my life, I actually felt like democracy was literally on the line on the ballot this time around in the future of what we wanted to be as a country, right? Yeah. We talk a lot about being the melting pot, but I don't like that phraseology. I like to say we're trying to be a mixing bowl or a salad bowl, right? Yeah. And at the end of the day, I just felt like there was like a choice. Do we want to be a salad bowl or do we want to go back to like being a Jim Crow country at the end of the day? Yeah, you know, it's just crazy. And when you think about like the the melting pot analogy, like when shit melts, doesn't it all become one? Yes. That's an assimilation style. <laughs> So I, that's why I don't like it. <laughs> that's why I don't like it. And I agree with you. The jury is still out on all of this. But I think we bought ourselves a little bit more time to figure it all out. Yeah, you're right. The jury is definitely out. I mean, despite historic performance for Democrats in the midterm election, doing a Democratic administration, which is rare, yeah. things are still trending towards shakiness, like at the best. Yeah, it is. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like a little shakiness. And elections around the country were like super close. We won't go into detail on all of them, but there was some of them out there. They we were like, like, we like, hey, I hope that joker don't win. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, which says our democracy and the rights of BIPOC and other underrepresented groups, as you said before, Still kind of hangs in the balance. It's still there. It's still hanging. We like right on the edge of the cliff. Yeah. That's right. Looking over, no doubt. And it's funny, PR, I mean, we've done a lot of episodes now. When we start to have these political conversations, some of our listeners uh, start to wonder, what the hell does all this have to do with career progress (laughs) and why we dedicate so much time to politics? But as we've pointed out in the past, many laws and the composition of Congress and state legislatures have a direct impact on our ability to show up in the workplace and influences our ability to actually generate generational wealth. No, I get it. And when you think about why we talk about the politics, you know, Mm -hmm. so much, and we've had folks on here like Barbara Lee, you know, on here and talking about what she went through and the stuff that she has to go through in Congress Congress. today. And think about all of the distractions that we get at work, you know, even here, right? Because a lot of times we make it so stressful where you don't even go to vote when you got the chance to. That's right. That's exactly. (laughs) And all that suppression make it hard to vote to begin with. Yeah, look, I mean, I look, I know you're over there preaching, you know, again, (laughs) KP, man, but I'm going to have to give you an amen. I mean, it's like, you know, when somebody says something good in church, then you hear them say, Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's what I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you one of those. Because when you think about it, an issue like reproductive rights and the access determines whether or not a woman can work, access affordable childcare or healthcare, or even just move up in her career. Like that shit is on the line right now. It's on the line. It is on the line. And a lot of times the way they couch it, you don't even really know what you're voting for. Right. You're just going with what everyone else is doing. Mm -hmm. Okay. And that's when, if we really want to talk about fake news, yes, that's when that stuff comes into play is because it impacts you. But this is the stuff that's on the line right now. An issue like same-sex marriage affects LGBTQ plus employees' decision on relocation. 
Okay, healthcare, or even being open and authentic at work. We're yeah. talking. I mean, you know, a couple Absolutely. of years ago, that's what we was talking about. Everybody be yourself. That's right. You know, and this study other. But, but lo and behold, man. we have things on the ballot that make it where you can't even be yourself. You can't even be yourself, and you just look at what happened in Colorado. People are scared now yeah. to even be yes. themselves. Right. Yes. Yes. So, that's true. That's yeah. true. Yeah. And an issue like immigration impacts on our food supply or ability to hire the best talent, mm-hmm. you know, and our ability to innovate and compete globally. Yeah. That stuff is on the line, right? And the craziest, the craziest impact to the election cycle and the uh, impacts to society and the workplace in general, because it was a lot of stuff that we had There's to endure a lot of stuff. over the last seven years Six, or seven so. Years, you yeah. know what I mean? Oh, geez. It, it pains me to even say this, right? But the infamous Donald Trump has announced that he will run for another term as president. God help us. I mean, now again, we're talking about this is only the second time in the history of the country. Yes, that's right. Okay, that this may that's you right. know, even be the case for somebody to try to win mm-hmm. this. He's trying to be Grover Cleveland. Yeah, it, I mean, <laughs> exactly. And I know a lot of our younger, you know, secret listeners like Grover Cleveland. Not- <laughs> yeah, go back to your, to your receipts, you know what even I mean? Even our old listeners. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> KP, you know that all of that in itself, you know, but especially with Donald Trump, that will have a ton of cause and effect for some time to come. Because we're dealing with that with the election based off of some of the shit that he did, that, that he supported. True. So we're talking about if you felt bad back then, mm-hmm. if you give it a person a chance to like get in the second time, they're like, you ain't going to be able to That's stop right. him That's right. You're not going to be able to stop him now. Mm-hmm. But I'm just saying. You heard of Ricky's talking about me preaching before. Who's preaching now? That's all I'm going to say. Who's I just got a couple now? things on my mind. I just got a couple things, things on my right. mind, yeah. But they're all great points, Ricky. So I'm, <laughs> I'm going to give that to you. They're all great points. And that leads us into what we're going to be talking more about today. In this episode, we'll share our analysis. We've already started, but we'll share our analysis of the 2022 midterm elections from the perspective of being an underrepresented person. We'll point out some anomalies and curiosities on how underrepresented employees voted. And we'll provide you some receipts on how certain national issues disproportionately impact underrepresented employees. And we'll close out by providing three secrets on how each of us can influence our futures politically. So now, Keith, before like we offer our analysis on the 2022 results, I think it's important for us to just take a pause real quick. And give a shout out to Nancy Pelosi. Yeah, that's I well mean, deserved. Look, regardless of your political, you yeah. know, points of view, regardless of if you think she's the antichrist, you know, right. this, that, whatever the other, it is. Like outside of any of that stuff, we gotta give people their flowers, that's right? right? So regardless of your politics, you can't deny that she is a historical political leader. Okay, and two critical qualities that she possessed. Uh, can be carried over into the uh, corporate world. Yeah. Okay. So we always try to make a connection, mm-hmm. you know, here. So first, she worked hard to make sure all voices were heard. I mean, there is a wide range of views in the Democratic Party. I mean, we're not just talking about Republican and Democrat. No, we're talking no. about within the party. Within the party. You know? yeah. But at the end of the day, she was able to bring the caucus together when it mattered to deliver results. I mean, mm-hmm. just think about two of those right now, or just, you know, even three of them, right? Is Affordable Care Act. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That had she Nancy pushed Pelosi's. that through because yeah. that, that was rocky. It, it almost didn't make it. Yeah. So we th- that was Nancy. Okay. Mm-hmm. She was influential on that. The COVID Relief Act. Mm-hmm. Like all of the things associated yep. with that, like Nancy had her hands on that. You know, we got to give her some credit. I mean, and just think about the infrastructure alone, Keith. Yep. She had her hands all over that. All over it. And there's many, many other things, too. But she also demonstrated a second quality, mm-hmm. and that was by developing future leaders and putting a secession plan in place. And it didn't get a lot of media attention, but the changing of the guard to the next generation of leaders didn't happen by happenstance, right? right? This, is, this is planned. This is carefully choreographed and just shows her commitment to diversity also, because now we're going to end up with the first black party leader in Congress ever of mm-hmm. any party. Mm-hmm. We're going to have a woman in the number two position. Yep. And we're going to have a Hispanic man in the number three position. Yep. Yep. So that's what it's all about. Not only is it historic, but it's truly representative of the people who support the Democratic Party. But think about how difficult it is to get alignment and to get people marching towards the same tune. And we're talking about... One of the most difficult 
branches out there is government. Yes. Okay. And the highest, you know, mm-hmm. senior. And they were able to get some succession planning in place. They yeah. was able to make some decisions. But if we're talking about corporate America, it's just so hard. Oh, it's so hard. It's just so hard. I don't know where the talent is just not out there. Right. You know, Mm -hmm. but you think when you talk about succession planning, to your point, they have to plan this well in advance and give people the developmental opportunities to make them ready. They had to take care of all of the things that had to be true, Mm -hmm. you know, for something to be able to take place there. And I think that's amazingly, that's just amazing when you really just think about it in itself, because Mm -hmm. that was a commitment. You yeah, know, as you said. And actually, when you think about the actual process of succession planning that the Democratic Party put in place and with that intentionality, like we talked about, like yep. that ethnic diversity of the bench that mm-hmm. you just described, like that mm-hmm. is like remarkable. This is a fantastic example in my mind of what you have been imploring organizations to do in corporate America. We talk about it all the time with respect to succession planning. It really isn't that hard, though. No, it isn't. It isn't. I mean, seriously. This takes, like you just said, intentionality and a little dedication. And a commitment just has to be made. With Without, like, a similar commitment here, like, it shows, like, the exact opposite, right? Yep. It shows, at best, like Amber talks about, like a few other people talk about who've been on our show, these are performative acts with reactive decisions because you don't have a strong bench when leadership roles avail themselves for mm-hmm. whatever reason. Yeah. You know, whether it's Absolutely. planned or unplanned, it looks performative. And at worst, it shows that you, i.e. corporate America, that you just don't care. Don't care. Well, don't you don't do it. Yeah, yeah. It don't, don't concern you. Don't care. And that inclusive leadership point that you started with is super important and a lesson for leaders of every type of organization. I mean, we've we've talked a lot about how diverse teams lead to better results. And in episode 93, Maureen Metcalf talked about how empathy Mm. and inclusive practices are critical skills for future-ready leaders. So Nancy at 83... Yep. Was giving us the business. She was. She was. And, and and not even taking the hit to focus on some of the other things where behind the scenes they was training. Right. They was developing leaders. Mm-hmm. They was they was putting their money Doing where their, their mouth was, mm-hmm. you know. So look, as we wrap up, you know, our salute to Nancy Pelosi here, which is, you know, we could we could do a whole episode, you know, on her. It reminds me of an old leadership adage that says I'd rather be respected than liked. Yes. Okay. And ironically, <laughs> Trump speaks all the time about how much he hates Nancy Pelosi, but yet he respects her, okay? Because that's exactly what he says, yep. right? Yep. Maybe he should take some cues because he demands that everyone likes him, oh, okay? Yes. Which ultimately leads to tens of millions of people not respecting him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Preach on that. Chew on that. <laughs> Preach on it. And we're going to pivot now to actually start our analysis on the 2022 midterms. And technically, these are receipts in some ways, but we wanted to share some overall results of the election and dissect what it means for Mm -hmm. underrepresented employees. And if we look, looking in the crystal ball like six, 12 months ago, there was all this noise and polls and things about how this is going to be the big red wave. Mm-hmm. You know, Republicans were predicting they would pick up 40 to 60 seats in the House. Mm-hmm. They would have like 53, 54 seats in the Senate. Then two things happened. I think, well, first off, what they were doing, like when we grew up, we called this counting checks. That's right. They were. They was counting checks. Already. They had played the lottery and they had spent the money. They had spent the money. <laughs> <laughs> With a down payment down. That's right. <laughs> But two things happened. First, the Supreme Court overruled Roe versus Wade. And then, actually, Congress started passing meaningful legislation. And in overturning Roe, the the court took away a right, basically erasing 50 years of precedent and hinted that more was to come. Remember, Clarence was like, well, since we got this far, we might as well go out to (laughs) same-sex marriage and contraception. Yeah. He deleted interracial marriage, which was— He left that out. which (laughs) was in the same kind of spirit. Yeah, let's talk about that. talk about the other shit that's, first. That's though. right. That's right. <laughs> and for a while, that scared the shit out of white women in all corners of the country. But it did galvanize young women to turn out and vote because abortion turned out to be the second most important voting issue after inflation. And for those who pointed out abortion rights, they voted 76% for Democrats. And young voters, as I just mentioned, made a huge difference in this election. 
Voters under 44 were 33% of the total vote versus 28% of those who were 65 plus. And that never happens in a midterm election when young voters over Trump the uh, 65 plus. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah, and those young voters voted nearly 60% for Democrats. And this demographic shift that we've been talking about for a while, it scares the shit out of Republicans. And for me, the interesting thing is that the party continues to resort to the same old racist scare tactics versus actually developing policy solutions that will appeal to this younger demographic. Yeah. This is going to be the biggest demographic since the baby boomers coming through the system. And you don't want to talk to them. You don't want to pay attention. Don't want to pay attention. Yeah. I mean, we, we know what happens when you fail to like pay attention to the people who want to be heard. Right. I mean, hello, Hillary. Hello. That's right. Hello, Hillary. That's okay. Right. So we're talking about politics. That's you know? what you're talking about. But look, I think the results of the abortion initiatives on the ballot was also something that we need to pay attention oh, to, right? Because there's huge impacts, right? Including Kansas, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, here, right? Yeah. Like impacts of reproductive rights on women's ability to be in the workplace, all of that stuff was on the line. Yes, right? it was. And as you mentioned, when you spoke about like abortion, I mean, it was driving uh, like a driving force in this year's yeah, you know, election, in this cycle's huge. election. People don't like it. You can start taking shit away from them as right. Yes, right? like it's that, pretty cool. It's, it's like, like I'm on, you know, gung ho everything. Yeah, me right. too. Me too. too. Wait, wait, right. wait a minute. Wait. I get one less. Right. One less. I, oh, I got to get this back. I got to give that. all that back. Screw that. Yeah, I got to give all this back. You know, look, we got an early warning sign over the summer. When voters in Kansas, like we talked about, how, you mm-hmm. know, Kansas turned out in droves to prevent abortion from becoming illegal in the state. Yeah, that's crazy. Okay? It's crazy. I mean, Kansas. They showed up. Yeah, Kansas. Okay. Whereas, you know, you would think that um, to the contrary, like people in some of those more progressive states mm-hmm. would have done the same, right? Kansas is one of the reddest states in America. One of the reddest. And we're mm-hmm. talking about taking something away. And in exit polls, 60% of voters said abortion should be illegal. Like, you should be able to do that. Yep. Okay? And it may not seem connected here, Keith, right. but access to reproductive health care has a direct impact on women in the workplace. Oh, totally. If you don't think that you're going to be able to get X, X, and X... Mm-hmm. That's right. Their, <laughs> their ability to access health care, the ability to pay for child care, yep. the ability to focus on their career. Yeah. W- w- why am I doing this? You all, know what all, I mean? All the things, yeah, right? Absolutely. And, and you're talking about enticing people to come and work for you. Mm-hmm. We're talking about an employee value proposition. Right. Right. You're true. Another piece, you know, in terms of diving a little deeper on some issues is that around education levels and how people voted. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we talk about education a lot, too, and the value of it. And there's a lot of noise in political circles around the quote unquote elites, Mm -hmm. which usually equates to having a college education at this point. That's really what it means. You either went to college or you didn't. If Mm -hmm. you went to college, you're an elite. And if you didn't, you just, you know, you did you the guy. Yeah, right? we're not you talking just, about bank accounts. Ordinary can, Joe, right? Yeah, yeah, we're not talking about bank accounts because, I, you know, we know college isn't necessarily in no, result of a big bank account. Not for everybody. And in this election, 43% of voters who were college graduates voted 54 to 44% for Democrats, while nine college graduates voted 55 to 43% for Republicans. <laughs> so there's an educational divide yeah, there, right? And I think some of that messaging that everybody hears on TV kind of broke, breaking through mm-hmm. uh, in the value of a college education. And it's not a coincidence that certain politicians and parties play on this dynamic to create those divides. It's really been interesting for me and how union workers have gone from being a a strong Democratic voting bloc to moving to the Republican Party. In fact, one of my best friends, he's in the UAW, been there for almost 30 years, and he talks about how his white colleagues just continue to vote against their economic interests. It Mm -hmm. makes no sense at the end of the day, right? And they just keep doubling down on these racist tropes and this elitism message. And the, the whole time they getting their pocketbooks getting slammed. Mm-hmm. Their wages keep going down. They keep losing health care benefits. But none of that matters as long as they feel like that they in control. Yeah. Right. And now they've been socialized to believe that education is elitist. And despite their economic condition, they're still superior. Yeah, I mean, which is which is just a trip in itself because we're yeah. talking about messaging that comes out about 
fear. Yes. And they taking this away from you. Mm-hmm. Or these people coming in diversity is bad for right. you. You know, they're mm-hmm. taking away jobs. Taking from away your you, jobs, you know, right and and then we look at it. The other piece here is the fear of just the whole if you do this, then X, you know, yes. what happened. And we're talking about we're, I'm teaching you to be in fear in support of something that I know is going to hurt you. That's right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I'm eating it. I'm yeah, eating yeah, yeah. it. Eating it. Th- this is the Jedi mind trick <laughs> right here, Jedi. folks. This is the Jedi mind trick, it right? Is. Look, I think the geographical results and how it influenced the workplace life, I think, the, you know, the exit polls, you know, show us some interesting things geographically, mm-hmm. you know, here yeah. uh, um, as well, right? And when we think about that, 31% of voters lived in urban areas, mm-hmm. Okay. lived in the suburbs, Uh okay, and 17% were rural voters, okay? 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 I mean, which is, when you think geographically, it's huge to kind of figure out who's who, Yeah. okay, uh, there. And of those categories, only urban voters pick Democrats by a margin of 58% to 41%. Okay, I mean, yep. we just yep. like just start start digesting it here a little bit. You know, here we're talking about urban areas. The suburbs went Republican by fifty two percent to forty six percent, and rural areas supported Republican in sixty three percent to thirty four percent. Remember when we we're talking about those initial pieces that we're talking about seventeen percent of rural voters, That's right. and out of that seventy four percent, sixty three percent of them voted. Yeah. Basically against their interests. Against their interests. And some of that goes back to the educational uh, aspects as well, right? Yep. And as expected, you know, if we want to look at the East Coast, West Coast thing right here, the East and the West Coast lean uh, Democratic, while the Midwest and the South voted Republican. Yep. Okay. Mm -hmm. Again, we're talking about, we mentioned earlier in terms of influence and relocation. Yeah. You know, and where you want to be able to do those things, right? Yeah. These dynamics have an impact, again, on where people choose to work and live, okay? Mm -hmm. Um, It impacts where companies choose to locate talent, you know, and their ability to attract and retain talent. And some cities and states are paying an economic price for uh, laws that are put in place in the impact that that impact communities. For example, like communities of color. Yeah. What do they look like? That's right. You know, like what the, where's the money going? You know, LGBTQ plus employees. I mean, I think all of that. So again, we're talking about companies trying to find a new place to uh, put a facility, right? And we're talking about the cost of living, but we're also talking about the politics surrounding The politics around it. That's (laughs) right. Because some of these places are getting boycotted. I mean, the state of California, if you work for the state of California, you can't go to a convention or a PD training in Texas yeah, yeah. or North Carolina yep. or Georgia yeah, because it's just like, but, but you also, it down. But you also think about it like where it's, you know, now as people are starting to force people to go back to work, mm-hmm. you know, and it like it was all cool if I could work from home. Right. From my blue state. Right. And now I got to go work at the red state. Or I right. might even have to potentially relocate there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's Keith, a different story. How many jobs have we, like, number one, we worked at a lot of jobs. A lot of some, companies. Some, some right. states that we would not have wanted to work for. Mm-hmm. If somebody asked us to do this today, we'd say, hell no. I, but, okay. But I, I'm good. And we get offered jobs today where people want us to go to yep. some states with some crazy stuff. At mm-hmm. the end of the day, you, this is the mirror test. They're like, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all can take that with you. I'm That's glad, right. Yeah, yeah, I'm good. And a final piece of our analysis around the election has to do with, with the state-level results. And we've emphasized over and over again that state and local elections matter, and they probably they matter a lot more even than the federal elections. And during this cycle, voters in 46 states decided on 6,279 state legislative races, 36 governor races, and 133 statewide ballot initiatives, right? So basically a lot of shit was at state. A lot of stuff was at state and local level, right? Uh And four Republican-held chambers flipped to blue in this election. In Michigan, both the House and Senate flipped, the Minnesota House and Pennsylvania House all flipped. And Democrats also flipped two governor's mansions in Maryland and Massachusetts. And again, all of that stuff matters (laughs) at the end Mm -hmm. of the day. Mm -hmm. And at least, here's the crazy thing, though, at the end of the day, that we still, why well, I say we're on shaking ground a little bit, at least half of the nation's legislatures are on track to have veto-proof majorities, super majorities, given the first branch of government more control than ever over policymaking, right? And so we have now 
21 states that will have these majorities, these super majorities, yeah. mm -hmm. with 15 of them being Republican states and six of them for Democrats. Just crazy. But you think about the impact that these super majorities can have on communities of color in these states. The laws that'll get passed, the things that could potentially happen that impacts our lives are just uh, just unreal. But I would say, you know, to end on a positive note about this is that the nation's four largest cities will mm -hmm. now be held by black mayors yep. for the first time uh -oh. in U.S. history. You're talking about fear. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> You're talking about fear, boy. It's going to be a little crazy, right? We'll get it done. Yeah, We'll yeah. get it done. But you know, look, again, Keith, I know people like, hey, Ricky and Keith, they That's got right. their own perspective. They got their own spin on this. Look, we like to try to like keep it balanced, mm -hmm. you know, here, right? Yeah. And there were some curious and troubling dynamics in the 2022 election results that I want to explore for the future, mm -hmm. you know, here, right? As they could potentially have a negative impact in the workplace when it comes to our ability to generate like that generational wealth yeah. that yeah. we like to talk about, right? This is this is our thing. So, like, let's kind of just look at another, like, a, at the first peculiar fact. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. the, strange, yeah. the strange happening here, right? And let's look at the Hispanic voting patterns, specifically mm -hmm. Florida, Texas, California. Like the exit polls showed that Hispanic voters shifted more to the Republican Party, though most still vote for Democrats. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we're talking about all this. They're just slipping the slide. Yeah, yeah. Something bit. to pay attention to. Hispanic voters were responsible for Republican gains in Florida, Texas, California, Illinois, in Nevada. Mm -hmm. The economy was the leading issue followed by healthcare, education, violent crime, and gun policy. Yeah. Okay? All of those things seem to impact, you know, that community even more. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's yeah, surprising sure. to see the result. Obviously, the economy, you know, was a heavy influence in the rightward shift of uh, Hispanic voters. But again, we're talking about the irony here, given some of the Republican policies that disproportionately impact Hispanic wages, yes. uh, healthcare and educational access, and general wealth creation. Yeah, no doubt. It's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. Peculiar fact. Peculiar fact. And here's <laughs> exactly. another peculiarity. Yeah, exactly. Say. Suburban white women. Mm -hmm. This group is one of the most curious of all to me. They were losing their freaking minds when Roe versus Wade was overturned, yeah. right? Yeah. Just remember, they were out in the streets. There was. Putting stuff on fire and everything else. But then they ended up voting for candidates who would take their rights away. When you look at the overall results, mm. you talked about the suburban vote, 52 mm -hmm. to 46 Republican. That's white women. Mm -hmm. And we all remember when they were up in arms around George Floyd and how that turned out a couple years ago. The white women accounted for the largest voting block of all at 37% of all voters and 53% of them voted Republican. It's why, yeah. <laughs> you know, just be provocative, it's why many in the black community believe this group may be the biggest threat to democracy of all. Yeah. And we're going to hit on that a little bit in our next episode. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Because we're going to talk about how that is. How that okay? is. How that is. Look, Keith, I mean, I think another peculiar fact for mm -hmm. me, okay, was when you start looking at the male-female divide, just the gender divide in general, 52% of the total voters were female. Yeah. So they showed up. They like showed. we, we mm -hmm. hey, women show up. Yeah. We, we know that, yep. right? Women vote. Okay. And they favored Democrats mm -hmm. by a 53% to 45% margin. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. we're talking about catering elections and sure. who really counts. Like, sure. you better make sure that the women, you know, understand what you're talking about yeah. there. Now, we just talked about how white women voted. Yeah. Uh -huh. So you know who moved the needle to make that margin happen. Right. Black and Latina women, yes. right? I mean, we talk about how important, but yet how disrespected and denied, you know, they are. But here it is, a key scenario where we need you. Not only do we need you, we need you to hopefully vote against like what you really believe in, yes. <laughs> okay? Yes. Another story. Men supported Republicans by a 56% to 42% margin, okay? So mm -hmm. we, we're saying- And it was in every race. Every race, yeah. you know. So we're saying women, Democrat- <laughs> Men, Republican. Yeah. Okay. I mean, again, I look. It just we're just reading the facts for you. These th these are our receipts. Mm -hmm. You know here, right? So this is a little different than how we normally do our episodes, but these are the receipts over here for you. April Ryan just wrote a new book called 
Black women will save the world, okay? And it, I'm not surprised yeah, given right. what our brother Malcolm X said about mm-hmm. the most disrespected, you know, all of that, you know, type of stuff there. And she talks about how black women are holding the country together. Now, you have Kamala in the White House. You got now Katanji on the Supreme Court. You got Stacey Abrams out there putting in work and fighting for voting rights. And many other black women are out there in these streets locally, in which mm-hmm. we know a, a lot of them, Fighting for democracy and equal rights. That's right. Creating that margin. And speaking of black people and BIPOC people, the turnout actually was one of the disappointing things for me uh, for voters of color. Latino, black, and Asian communities, as we know, are 40% of the population. Mm -hmm. Yet our communities only were 23% of the voters. Now, we just added all all of us together. Yes. This is the essential BIPOC calculation. That's right. Everybody. Everybody. 23%. Everybody with melanin. 23% of us voted. 23%. Latino and black voters were 11 each, and Asian voters were a mere 2% of of the voters that showed up. And you'd be just amazed. We've been talking about Asian violence, like a violence against Asian, you know, like all of that stuff. You would think that that would have probably brought you out. Show up. So we can't expect change if we don't show up. But on another tip, voter suppression is real also. So all those mm-hmm. restrictive laws and coded messaging and the systemic barriers that have been put in place, you know, that's all part of the plan to hold us back and prevent us from voting. So we've got to bust through it and show up. Yeah. No, no, no. I, I, I totally get it. But you can start to see how there's a larger scheme, a larger mm-hmm. plan, you know, a strategic plan happening. I think when you look at like the next kind of like peculiar fact or the receipt here, however you want to put it, is like around educational divide. Yeah. I mean, you talked earlier about the educational divide and who we kind of go after mm-hmm. with those fears and yep. whatnot. But I want to double click on that just a little bit here. While college graduates favored the Democrats, voters of color actually made that happen in that figure there. White college graduates were almost evenly split while voters of color with college degrees voted Democrat. Check this out, Keith. 70% to 30% margin. Wow. Yeah. I mean, yep. people of color. Like, yep. again, we're talking exactly. about everybody. Yep. Like, educated with, with college right? graduates. Yep. Right. Yep. And voters of color with no college degree voted at the exact same margin. Of 70 to 30. Exactly. So, so white voters with no college degree are the key to unleashing progress in, in this country. We got to educate them. So we're right. saying no matter if you went to college or not, BIPOC people they voted. know what time it they is. They voted for themselves. We just need them to turn out. That's right. Need okay? them to turn out. They That's know what right. they want to do. We just need them to turn out. Like this group also happens to be the largest voting block at 39% of the voters. Those white voters with no college degree. Yes. Talking about. Yeah. Okay. So that's where the largest impact really needs to be. Mm-hmm. And they also are like the most conservative. Mm-hmm. We're giving you the secret sauce yeah, over here, yeah, right? We're yeah. going to coin that too, secret right. sauce. Okay? Secret sauce. Okay. <laughs> so, we, so we're giving you the secret sauce over here on how to impact and make things happen as it relates to the, to, to the elections. Mm-hmm. So looking at all of that, let's talk real fast about who are the biggest winners and losers of this election cycle. Mm-hmm. In my mind, the winners, you know, I have to give credit. Ron DeSantis did his thing in Florida. I yeah, mean, yeah. got a super majority. Even one Miami-Dade County, which has never voted Republican in his life, won by 20 points. So he he did a thing. So I'm not going I'm not gonna hate, even though I, you know, I have my issues. I think <laughs> I think democracy also won. Yep. Uh women's reproductive rights. In every state where where women's reproductive rights were on the ballot, mm-hmm. it won. Mm-hmm. So no, I think that's that, I think that's great to, to point out that. But you know, I'm gonna probably turn flip the coin here. Let me talk about who lost. <laughs> Let me talk about some losers here. I think, you know, Donald Trump. You know, like honestly, it was a big the biggest on, loser on so many like levels here. Like people that he supported didn't win. Even him. You know, all of the stuff that's going on with his many malfeasant affairs. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, yeah, like all of that stuff, all stuff like was in the news. Oh, for you know, sure. Quite a bit, but got it a special counsel on his ass Exactly, now. exactly. So. I think the other one is like, based off of what he promoted, like the election deniers. People are tired of hearing that shit, man. You know, at the they end are. of the day, like they... They tired of hearing that. They Sometimes are. you just got to take the L. You can't, you can't hang out at the club, Keith, when the lights are on and the country music is playing. No, that's true. It's over. It's over. <laughs> you need to just head on home, right? I think the other one is kind of like just those MAGA Republicans. Like they ended up losing. Yes, you know in this, right? Like even within the Republican Party, they want to hear something else. Yeah, yeah. They're getting tired. We all getting tired. And I think there were some mixed results too. 
Because if we think about the impact of them catnipped, <laughs> catnip messages, that's what I like to call them, <laughs> yeah. you know, where people just grab, you know, can't help themselves. Yeah. And these yeah. are the white suburban women in particular. And when you start talking about crime and immigration and critical race theory yeah. and trans rights and don't say gay bills and movements that are moving through the system, all that stuff proved to be catnip, which is why, you know, over the summer after Roe, Democrats had this huge momentum. Yeah. Then the gap closed, you know, in October, the gap closed because all these catnip messages were starting to come through. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Keith, I mean, it's just crazy. And I like that catnip message yeah. thing. We might have to, that might yeah. be a t-shirt, y'all. So, but uh, I just think the impact on this is pretty, pretty crazy, you know, for me, right? And I hate to make it be like this simple or this cliche, but we basically live to see another day. Yeah, That's the impact. We sure did. We sure did. And if nothing else, you know, if there's one moral to the story is that voting matters. Right. You got to show up and look at the numbers of races that were determined by a few thousand, a few hundred, or even just a few votes. I saw a couple races that were like, what, there was one race with one vote. Yeah. The number yeah. was like 10, 12. It's like, you got to show up. Yeah. No, I I agree. And again, I know I, I had kind of talked a, a little bit earlier. This, this is, we we like to talk about the uh, politics stuff here because mm-hmm. it really has a, a key on everything. And we were giving you some some pieces early in, in, in terms of what Keith and I think about. And those could have been receipts. You yep. know, like all of this stuff could have been receipts. But we're going to shift into the actual receipts section of this this podcast, yeah, right? Because we've yeah. been talking about our commentary, mm-hmm. okay? But now we're going to share some receipts on how certain national issues disproportionately impact underrepresented employees. So we're going to run through these quick over here, Keith. So hit us with receipt number one. Yeah, the first one's abortion. We've been talking about it. And in CNN uh, exit polls, 53% of voters trusted Democrats to better handle abortion rights. And 85% of those people voted for Democrats. Mm. And according to a 2020 CDC report, Black women died of maternal causes nearly three times the rate of white women. And according to reproductive justice organizations across the country, limiting abortion access puts Black and Latinx women at greater risk of poverty and death. And this lack of access means increased travel expenses if you do need to seek health care, increased child care costs over your lifetime, increased risk of losing a job due to higher required time off, Mm -hmm. and then the lack of educational and professional opportunities if you have to deal with an unwanted birth. So this is why it matters. Yeah, I mean, and if you can't connect the dots, like, we're not making this up. This is is a receipt, Mm -hmm. okay, which makes me upset when Mm -hmm. I hear that, okay? (laughs) Look, receipt number two, voter suppression voting rights, okay? Mm -hmm. The Brennan Center for Justice looked at the impact of voter suppression in communities, like on communities of color, and found some startling statistics, right? Mm-hmm. And again, these are the statistics. I'm not making it up not here, okay? Up. First, lots of studies are showing that strict voter ID laws are disproportionately impacting voters of color. The racial turnout gap has increased in states that enacted Voter ID laws, mm-hmm. voters barred from voting absentee are more likely to be black or Latino. Mm-hmm. And voters of color lacked access to the needed IDs to vote in their state. Uh-huh. Okay? Yep. Again, we're talking about the fine print fuckery the fi- here, the right? Fi- the fine print stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yep. And this is where it uh, comes into play. Secondly, restrictions on Sunday voting, okay, impacted voters of color turnout in Georgia in Texas, and Florida. Hmm. Okay? Just look at what, what happened. Curious. You know, when, we, when we look at another peculiar, you know, fact, you know, here. And finally, things like wait times on election day voting, polling place consolidation. Remember, they, they done moved mm-hmm. football yep. on this here, right? Yep. And vote by mail negatively impact voters of color as well. Okay? Voters of color face longer wait times due to a shorter voting window uh, there and hours for voting, they were more likely to see voting locations in their neighborhood cut. Mm-hmm. Like, so you got to go somewhere else. You yep. might have to catch a bus or something like that. And they were more likely to have their mail-in ballots rejected. Rejected. Even after you done went through everything, yep. <laughs> we ain't gonna count this. We ain't gonna count it. It don't mm-hmm. matter. Mm-hmm. It don't matter at all. A third receipt has to do with gender identity and gay rights. And when asked in CNN exit polls about society's values on gender identity and gender expression and sexual orientation, only 26% of voters said our values are changing for the better. 
and they voted overwhelmingly Democratic, uh, 82 to 17%. 21% of voters were neutral on this question, and they also leaned Democratic by a 61 to 34% margin. The other half of voters who said we were moving in the wrong direction voted 78% to 20% for Republicans. And to provide an example on why this issue matters, let's just look at some receipts on Black trans people. According to the report, Injustice at Every Turn, a report on the National Transgender Discrimination Survey, Black trans people had an unemployment rate of 26%, which is two times the rate of white transgender people and 6x the rate of the general population, a 26% unemployment rate. Further, 41% of black trans people have experienced homelessness at some point in their lives. 34% reported income of $10,000 or less per year, Ricky. 34%. That's significant. And 50% reported being harassed at school or work, and nearly half reported having attempted suicide at some point in their life. This is why it matters and why these words matter. Yeah, absolutely. You, right. you got to know what you're voting for. Right. And you got to know what, and what you're what, voting against. Exactly. And your interests. And whatnot. That's but right. again, people got to show up. Like, we can't just up. be mad and talk about it. That's right. Okay. Look, receipt number four deals with immigration. Okay. Mm-hmm. 51% of voters trust Republicans on the issue of immigration and CNN exit polls. Hmm. So whatever they're talking about, if it's talking about immigration, we're saying 51% of those voters trust the Republicans. We are a country of immigrants. Mm -hmm. And immigrants have have like long made important contributions to American culture. And according to government statistics, immigration increases economic output and productivity. No surprise. Okay. That means people are making money mm-hmm. off of immigration, right? Mm-hmm. Off of the immigrants, so yes. to speak. Yep. Government economists have found that immigrants are more mobile than native citizens, people who live here, okay, which helps the labor market function more efficiently, mm-hmm. okay? Further, they found that a 1% increase in the population share of immigrant college graduates increased patents, okay, <laughs> per capita, by nine to eighteen percent. That's crazy. I mean, we're talking that's crazy. We're talking innovation, but that's innovation. Yeah, yeah, right. absolutely, absolutely. And we all know that immigrants are, as we you know always hear in mm-hmm. terms of you know, the fear uh, uh, monger here is they're taking our jobs. Yeah, it's, it's a jobs false narrative. It's, totally. it's a false narrative, right? Because we talked about they, they got jobs out there that we don't even want to go don't to. Don't even want to take. <laughs> you know? We need to stop. Now, whether they are legally here or not, today's immigrants are working in industries like agriculture and low-level hospitality jobs that are poorly paid. Yes, they okay, are. And have horrible working conditions. That's right. And we don't want to be a, any part of it. Yeah, yeah. Well, first off, it's too far. Secondly, right. I ain't going to do it. <laughs> that's you right. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not moving to get, yeah. to get I mean, the job. Come on, man. So that's receipt number four. So Keith, this is with, the, with our final receipt number five, man. Number five has to do with climate change. It's a hoax. It's a hoax, apparently. <laughs> yeah, allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> allegedly. And in the CNN exit polls, only 46% of voters said climate change was a very serious problem. Mm. But of those voters, 83% voted for the Democrats. 93% who said climate change was not serious voted Republican. <sighs> And according to an article from Princeton University on racial disparities and climate change, communities of color are disproportionately victimized by environmental hazards and far more likely to live in areas with heavy pollution. Mm -hmm. In fact, more than half of people who live close to hazardous waste are people of color. As an example, the oil and gas industry releases about 9 million tons of methane gas and other toxic chemicals into the atmosphere every year. Now, if you don't know what methane is, anything like that, just understand some shit that can kill you. Yes. And more than one million black people live within a half a mile of a natural gas facility, and nearly seven million of us live in the 91 counties with an oil refinery. Damn. So to pile on, black Wait, people, there's, there's more? There's more. <laughs> Jeez. To pile on, black people are 75% more likely than white people to live in what we call fence line communities, which are areas near commercial facilities that produce noise, odor, traffic, and emissions. 
Oh my God! So we talking about being closest to the oil refinery, closest to the uh, airport, right. yep. closest to the airport, all of those all things. the factories, all the things that just go mess up with your health at the end of the day and your ability to show up at work, have a career, generate wealth, or to be able to enjoy your wealth once you retire. That's right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, geez, Ain't I mean, that look, it? look, those are some 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 powerful receipts. Okay, and I think you left me uh, with you. You, you <laughs> left, left you me, breathless. Yeah, yeah. You left me feeling like I need something, something, something positive. I need something I can I can latch on to to get me through. Okay. Yes. So look, this is the end of it here. When we really want to be able to give our listeners some secrets or some tools to be able to kind of navigate these swampy waters, yep. you know, sometime here, right? So today we'll provide three secrets on how each of us, me and Keith included, can influence our future politically. Number one, vote like your life depends on it, okay? I'm saying this in like my Ike Turner, you know, voice Ike right Turner here, right, 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 right? <laughs> my, my Ike Turner in, in, you know, what love got to do with it, right? You need to vote like your life, life depends depends on, on it, it, you know? <laughs> Anime, you anime. also need to engage, you know, when it comes to your political future, engage like your life depends on it. And lastly, give like your life depends on it. Yes. Okay. So again, Keith, I know we got a little dramatic and we got off there, but we want to make sure y'all understand the seriousness. <laughs> seriousness. Here. Like That's Big Worm right. says, I want y'all to understand the principalities right. of this. Okay. So Keith, hit us with secret number one. This guy over here with principalities. This is killing me. <laughs> Big Worm said it. Big That's worm, right. Big worm That's right. Spell it. <laughs> Secret number one, vote like your life depends on it. We've been talking about this a lot. Again, stop thinking that elections only matter every four years and stop thinking that the president, congressional, and governor races are the only contested matter, right? This is part of my fuck. Yeah. The secretary of state matters. Attorney general matters. State legislatures matter. Judges matter. Mayors, city council members, school boards, they all matter. Mm -hmm. And you need to vote all the way down the ballot. I know it gets a little tedious to go through the ballot sometimes, but you need to go all the way through it and do your homework. And in fact, all of these categories matter more, you know, at the local level to your day-to-day -day life than the president or a U.S. senator or U.S. congressperson. So spend that time. Do your homework, look down the ballot, and, you know, look at those propositions that are on the ballot. Because ultimately those lower-level jobs— Tell the boss what to do. That's right. That's right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, tell the boss what to do. Exactly. Look, crazy, man, but definitely true. I think secret number two, as we said before, engage like your life depends on it. Put some skin in the game, okay? Mm -hmm. Don't think somebody else would take care of it. Like, you got to do this. For the issues or candidates that you care about, Yep. You got to make them phone calls. Yep. You got to send them text messages. You got to talk to your friends. Put lawn signs in your yard. Ask your company to use their PAC dollars to support the candidate that you believe in. You got to show up at the rallies. Yep. You can't be the armchair you know, right. person, the lazy boy That's advocate. Right. You advocate. know what I mean? You got to get out there. And the most important thing that you can do is vote. Yep. You got to show up. That's I mean, engaging. We, look, we're, we're talking to everybody, but we know that a lot of our listeners are underrepresented folks. And we said that a lot of our underrepresented folks ain't out there putting in the work. That's right. We, we saw do. the statistics. Yep. 20, only 23% of us showed up. Absolutely. We got to do better. Secret number three is give like your life depends on it. Listen to this, Ricky. Only 0.48%. Not I mean, even 1%. I mean, we begging for, for, for half a percent. That's right. The half a percent of people contribute more than $200 to federal campaigns, PACs, and political parties. So every dollar matters. But, we, but, but we in line to get them new Jordans and we new this, that, the other. That's right. We're going to get that. That's right. Let it be some 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 Louis Vuitton house shoes. And Gucci <laughs> Hot we're going to show up to get those, but we're not showing That's up right. to the stuff that matters. Get our, nail, talking about. our nails did. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But a few dollars can make a huge difference, especially at the local level, because most don't live, only raise a couple thousand dollars, few thousand dollars for their race, right? And I would personally focus these dollars, you know, locally as much as you can. And all that signage, all the support for canvassing and phone calls, all the, the payments for social media, mm -hmm. those small dollar contributions make a huge difference. 
And they can propel you. I mean, look at Bernie Sanders' campaign. Look at yeah. Barack Obama's campaign. Those small dollar donations, that's what made them who they are. It matters. I think you're right in terms of making a difference. So every one of us can actually do that. And look, I mean, at the end of the day, Keith, I know we spent some time today talking about this stuff because it matters. It matters. Okay? It really, really matters. I mean, there's a lot of blood, tears, you know, and, and, and energy shed for us to be able to have this right at the end of the day, it will be a shame. It will be a disgrace for us to squander it. Yes. <laughs> okay. No doubt. Look, Secrets Village, you can find more resources on the secrets and the receipts we shared today by going our, uh, to our website, secrets.com, and looking for the show notes for this episode. And if there's something you missed, you can tweet us. You can send us yep. a, a message. Every you know, time. Again, we just want to make sure at the end of the day that we keep engaging and that we influence. If, if, if nothing else... We know the Secrets Village is going to do what it takes to make That's change. Right. That's right. We know you show up. And speaking of y'all showing up, we're going to give a shout out. Because of you, we recently won the Listener's Love Award from the Black Podcasters Association. Again, you engaged. You sure did. I'm you looking at, I'm looking at that, out. I'm looking at that plaque right now. That's right. Looking at it up there. We're going to have to make a video or something, Ricky, exactly. so we can show it to the people. <laughs> show it to the people. But we really do appreciate y'all. Uh, listening and engaging and bringing others to the village. I had a conversation with a young man yesterday just talking about, hey, I found y'all and I'm telling everybody about it. So that's what we want you to do, right? Write that review on Apple and Spotify. Follow us on LinkedIn. Comment on our social media post. Tell all your friends because all of this helps us to continue to bring this content to you. No, exactly. And KP and I are locked in on helping the village, helping everybody out there. Like we like you know, our philosophy should be run tell that. I think we might need to change <laughs> some of run tell that. But we're like really, you know, keened and tuned in to helping you get that coin, helping you get that dollar dollar bill, y'all. Yep. And getting your seat at the table. We are sliding up past six million dollars, you know, in total compensation increases that we've helped people achieve by just working with us, Keith. Like whether that's working with us, listening mm -hmm. to the podcast, mm -hmm. actually getting that executive coach that executive coaching and given the time of the year i mean tis the season for gift giving yes it is so invest <laughs> in yourself as someone you love especially as we have seen the recent layoffs at meta or facebook twitter amazon salesforce this, this is just to name a few it's a lot of laying off mm -hmm. you know happening right now so y'all get the point that we're trying to make here there are a ton of people in and around the village that could benefit from some executive coaching. Hell, you could benefit from yes. some executive coaching. But again, don't miss the opportunity right now to really try to think about yourself and let's think about the village. Lastly, check out that merchandise. I mean, again, you running out of gift ideas. Give them that secret sweatshirt. There you go. Give you know them that saying? swag. Yeah, give them that. It makes a great gift if you're looking for you like a holiday present. Yes. And since we've spent a lot of time talking about the 2022 elections, I'm just going to elect to fill up this empty ass cup over here. I mean, it was empty when he started, y'all. He didn't have no ice in that cup. So that was all liquor. It was. I had a nice little martini today. That was today. all L-I-Q apostrophe <laughs> R. Nice that was all up in there. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and as a gift to you <laughs> for the holidays, I'm going to fill yours up too, Ricky. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> over there talking shit. Oh, Lord. Well, let, me, let, me, let me go ahead and eat some more of this food over here. That's right. <laughs> and once again, y'all know you're not crazy. Right. And this is why we wanted to connect the dots for you today as it came to the election also, mm -hmm. because all of this stuff matters at the end of the day. And then once again, we want to thank you for listening to Secrets. And remember, when we share, you transform. Peace, everybody. Thank you for listening. And we hope you enjoyed yet another episode of Secrets. In fact, one listener said that with Secrets, I learn new, actionable information listening to KP and PR. I enjoy the balance of data with the testimony of real experience. And we hope you agree. If you are motivated and excited after listening to Keith and Ricky, please show these brothers some love. Subscribe and write a review on our podcast. And last, but certainly not least, elevate your professional game by signing up for our executive coaching services. Check us out at www.secrets.com to get more information about our secret services. Remember, when we share, you transform. Until next time, cheers!